Welcome to OpenBox. OpenBox aims at bringing easier understanding of open problems that help in finding solutions for such problems. For the set purpose, I'll be interviewing researchers, practitioners who have published works on open problems in artificial intelligence, machine learning, and related subjects. This is to collect simplified understanding of the open problems, and these will be published as part of a podcast series. My name is Sundar. I'm an ethics and risk professional and an AI ethics researcher. I'm the host of this podcast. Ideas emerge when curiosity meets clarity. OpenBox is an initiative to bring clarity for those curious minds to look into real world open problems. This project is done in collaboration with For Humanity. For Humanity is a nonprofit organization dedicated to minimizing downside risks of an autonomous system. They develop criteria for independent audit of AI system. In case you want to know more about them, the link is provided in uh, in the in the comments. Today we have with us Rafael. Rafael is a master's student at the University of Campinas, working on offline reinforcement learning applied to agile drone navigation. He's interested in the intersection between offline RL and robotics. I'm glad to be having a conversation with him, and we're going to be covering a paper which he co-authored and it got published in March 2022. It's a survey of offline reinforcement learning, taxonomy, review, and open problems. Rafael, welcome to the show. Thank you, Sundar. Super. So nice having you here. And as we get started, I just wanted to kickstart this conversation with the with, with primary point of offline reinforcement learning. Why don't you introduce the subject to the audience? Yeah, of course. So I'm not sure how familiar the audience is with reinforcement learning, but just to give a brief introduction, reinforcement learning is interested in learning an optimal policy, right? Which is essentially an optimal set of actions that you can take in a given environment to, to get the best outcome possible, right? That's what reinforcement learning is interested in. And in reinforcement learning, you typically have three paradigms. You have online reinforcement learning, off-policy reinforcement learning, and offline reinforcement learning. And I'm interested in offline. So just to give a brief introduction of the difference between these paradigms, in online reinforcement learning, uh, we're free to interact with the environment uh, however we want, right? So typically what we have to do is that we have to, every time we update our policy, we have to interact with the environment to collect more data and then perform another update to our policy. You know, and we have to do that several times. In off-policy reinforcement learning, you typically, you can collect data and then you can use that data and store it in a buffer and then sample from that buffer to update your policy, right? And then you can keep interacting with the environment and collecting more data and updating your buffer. But here, the key idea is that the key premise behind off-policy is that you still have access to the environment, right? So even if you make a mistake in off-policy RL, you can still go back to the environment, collect more data and fix your mistakes. In offline reinforcement learning, the, the difference is that you don't have more access to the environment. You're, you're supposed to learn the best possible policy given a fixed uh, or a static data set, right? And the difficulty here is that you can't really go back to the environment and fix your mistakes. You have to try to find the best policy given what you have. And this is a very uh, challenging thing for reinforcement learning, which is so used to constantly going back to the environment and fixing its mistakes, right? So being able to work in this uh, uh, offline RL is essentially the most uh, challenging paradigm of reinforcement learning because you have to 
work with a lot of uh, data that's outside of your distribution, right? Because even if you, maybe your data that you have in your data set might not represent all the data that you might find when you actually interact with the environments, right? And that's the, where the challenge lies in devising these algorithms for offline reinforcement learning. Fantastic. With that, uh, why don't we get into, why don't you share with us a couple of use cases relevant to offline reinforcement learning, and we can start the conversation of open problems with that. Yeah, of course. So I think what offline reinforcement learning promises to do, right, or the, the reason why it's so interesting for a lot of researchers is that if you can work with a static data set, this opens a lot of doors for different fields that you can apply reinforcement learning to, right? For example, in the area of medical diagnosis, you can't really apply reinforcement learning to medical diagnosis because you would be essentially playing with the life of patients, right? And then that's obviously extremely dangerous and poses a lot of ethical concerns because we can't really prescribe some uh, experiment with the life of a patient. However, what we can do is collect previous experiences that we have of previous diagnosis from experts, right? And then we can try to learn the best possible policy from this previously collected data. Right? And then the same thing applies to a bunch of other interesting fields in the real world. Uh, like education, for instance, if you want to try to devise some sort of a good curriculum for a student, you can't really experiment with reinforcement learning because you can't really try, you, you sh should be able to find something from expert data, but you can't really make experiments that could compromise the education of a student. Another interesting thing that makes offline reinforcement learning very applicable to the real world is that it can save you a lot of cost of interacting with the real world. Let's say that collecting your data is very costly to either label or just very expensive in general, because uh, let's say that you're trying to learn the best policy for a drone. And if you try to experiment with an action that's going to crash the drone, then you suddenly just lost a drone. And that's a lot, very, that's a, a financial cost that you have there. So there is, there are different kinds of costs that are in play when you're trying to interact with the real, real world. And the offline reinforcement learning tries to mitigate these costs by avoiding interacting with the real world at all, right? And by avoiding this, you open a lot of doors where a lot of different problems that you can apply reinforcement learning to. Super. That's three interesting use cases that you've actually put across. And as we go along speaking about the open problems, I would encourage us to discuss more about in the, them in connection of these use cases to make things much more easier for people to understand. Now, coming back to this point, in your paper, you describe about some of the open issues that are there in offline reinforcement learning. Would you want to give an introduction to them and then probably we can start discussing them one after other with the use case in context? Yeah, of course. So I think I list quite a few open issues in the field, but maybe the first one that we can talk about is the limitations of off-policy evaluation, right? So given what typically happens in online reinforcement learning is that you try to learn a policy and after you iterate a lot over that policy, you experiment with it in the real, in the simulation environment, right? Or in the real world. And then you validate how good your policy is by actually running it in the real world. However, as I've mentioned before, that can be very dangerous depending on which kind of field we're talking about, if it's like medical diagnosis or education. So the idea behind off-policy evaluation is trying to evaluate how good a policy is without interacting with the real world, only using this data that has been previously collected by some kind of expert policy, right? And there are a lot of challenges with that because you can't really know what if your policy tries to explore some kind of data 
that isn't in your data set? How will you know how good that action that it took or how good is that state that it visited if it was never in the data set, right? And then that's where generalization plays a very big role because if you're not able to generalize from that data, you can't really find a good way to evaluate how good your policy is, right? So the first topic that I mentioned in the paper is this idea of policy evaluation and how we're, we lack good benchmarks for it. Well, I mean, we have benchmarks, but we don't have definitive solutions. We don't have a way to, for instance, let's get a, pro a real world problem and we don't have an uh, enough policy evaluation method that we can just say, okay, I can for sure use this method and it's gonna work and I'm gonna be able to validate how good my policy is. We don't have that kind of trust in these methods yet because none of them are good enough. Like none of them are reliable enough yet. And that's one of the biggest open problems of the field, right? That limits how we can use these techniques in the real world, real world problems. So another thing that I, oh, do you want to talk about other Yeah, questions? is it just, just, just to add uh, one point to it. So essentially what you're saying is if we're applying offline reinforcement to a medical diagnosis kind of a problem, and we are not able to evaluate whether the actions that are performed by the offline reinforcement learning is valid or not, which basically raises questions on appropriateness of that particular action but also raises a number of ethical issues in terms of how it impacts humans, how, who is accountable for those actions and whether it functions in a biased way or otherwise, right? So could you just elaborate a bit specifically on this? How do you see issues of ethics and bias that can crop in, in the kind of challenge that you've actually put across? Yeah, of course. So. I think the main issue is that right now, any off-policy evaluation method that we have is going to be biased in some kind of way, right? And we, and we don't have a way to actually test if that's uh, if that bias is going to be like how harmful that bias can be to the real-world problem that we're applying the data to, right? And uh, the idea is that we need, yeah. I, I think the main issue that I see with this is that. Like I mentioned before, if we don't have a method that we can apply, for instance, one example that I can give is with my own research right now, right? I'm trying to apply off-policy evaluation methods to evaluate how good a drone might be navigating in the real world with images or something. And then the problem is, I don't know uh, how, which method, which off-policy evaluation method I can use to validate how good my policy is that I'm learning, right? And the same thing applies for a medical healthcare. Uh, in my case, I actually have the option of running the drone in the real world and finding out uh, which one is the best off-policy evaluation method. But in a lot of fields, you don't have that luxury. And by not having that luxury to actually choose the best off-policy evaluation method that we have for that given problem, you might run into a lot of issues with, for example, one ethical concern that might be. So let's say that given that you don't have a good way to evaluate the best policy, you might as well be selecting the worst policy. So you trained a hundred policies for medical diagnosis. And you, since you don't have a good way of validating those policies, you may have accidentally selected the worst of these a hundred policies to apply to the real world. And that's extremely dangerous, right? Like we can't have, we're obviously very far from applying these techniques to the real world, but when we do, we need to be able to trust these techniques and trust that they're being, that we're able to select the best possible policy. Cause like, if you're going to be treating a patient, you want to make sure as a patient, you want to make sure that you're being treated with the best possible treatment, right? You don't want to be accidentally someone chooses the worst possible treatment for you. That would be horrible, right? So 
I think the there are a lot of ethical concerns with this, and that's why it's such an open ethical problem that I think people are very far from getting to the point where they're actually going to use offline reinforcement learning in the real world because they're aware of how unreliable it is still. Absolutely. Absolutely. This also brings in two different dimensions of problems. One is to look at it from a perspective of, okay, are there benchmarks and are those benchmarks adequate enough? That's one way to look at it. Second is to say that, okay, there may be making a choice based on optimized optimal policy kind of a model will also have another impact from an ethical concern perspective. How do you tie an ethical choice with uh, optimal policy kind of a move, approach is is another side of a problem that we are speaking about. Uh, uh, am, I, am I making sense with that? And what would you like to say with regard to that? Yeah, I think uh, I can comment a little bit about the benchmark issues, right? So one of the issues with uh, current benchmarks is that uh, they're just, they have a limited amount of real world situations that we can evaluate the, the, uh, the methods on, right? So all of the off-policy evaluation methods that we have, sure, they're validated to some extent. Like we can compare different off-policy evaluation methods in these benchmarks, but we don't know how well they're going to actually perform in real world problems. And we don't have, I think what essentially is missing is some kind of criteria for us to select the best off-policy evaluation method. So for instance, if your problem is extremely stochastic, if it's uh, if it changes with time, if there's a very high state, it's a very high dimensional problem, then you might have a specific off-policy evaluation metric that you want to use for that problem, right? However, if your environment is characterized in a completely different way, maybe it's a much simpler environment with much more constrained data. In that sense, in that case, you might want to apply a different metric, right? And we currently don't have a way to, a good way to select between these different metrics, depending on your environment, right? And your problem at hand. So that's one of the limitations of these benchmarks that I think limits its applicability. And yeah, I think that's probably the main one. But the other one is that we don't have real world data, right? All these benchmarks, they have they happen in simulation. And the reason they do is kind of obvious is because it's in, in simulation, we can distribute the benchmark to anybody in the world. And we can also make sure that the benchmarks are easily reproducible, right? If we were to use a real world benchmark, then we might run into a lot of reproducibility issues and it might not be accessible to anyone in the world to contribute to the benchmark. So I think there are two issues at hand here and it's a really hard problem to solve. But my idea when I wrote about it, about how this issue comes at hand is how we currently have a few techniques about reproducing real world things. For instance, 3D printing is something that allows you to reproduce something in a physical object, right? So maybe if it would be possible, for instance, for us to 3D print an environment where you can test your policy, then that would be interesting. You know, like I'm mainly thinking about robotics that obviously wouldn't be all, you can't 3D print a medical diagnosis environment, but uh, in robotics, at least it would be possible for us to start evaluating how these methods perform in the real world, right? Super. And this, this is very interesting and I'm so intrigued to be talking to you and learning more about this. And with this, our first part of the podcast ends and thanks a lot, Rafael, for sharing your insight and we briefly discussing about some of the open problems and the ethical issues associated with it. Look forward to talking to you in the part two of this discussion. Yeah. Thank you for having me. <laughs>